You're listening to the Goddess Talk podcast, where we have real conversations about all things spirituality, self-development, women's empowerment, conscious entrepreneurship, and more. This podcast was designed to inspire women to reclaim their power, come into alignment with their soul's purpose, and create their best possible lives. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's get into today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you all had a great week. I'm so happy to be back again with you all. We've got a beautiful guest today on the podcast, Felissa Alvarez. She's one of my dear friends. I'm really excited to be sharing her with you today. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to spend a few moments talking to you all about something that I've been doing really consistently for the last six months that has really shifted my life. And that is doing some sort of daily meditation to strengthen manifesting ability. And as a result, I have seen some truly wild and incredible changes in my life. And I've been called to share these practices with you. And so This past week, I actually decided to record my own version of these meditations, and I'm calling it Meditation to Manifest Your Best Life. And yeah, it's really just designed to help you tune into more positive, good-feeling emotions to attract more good-feeling outcomes into your life. There is a visualization portion, there's a gratitude portion appreciation portion. It's just designed to help you really start your day off feeling good so you can create a spiral of good feeling outcomes and really create some profoundly powerful shifts in your life. So again, this is based off of the meditations that I do nearly every day that have helped me to manifest so many things, business partnerships, business opportunities, more health, more energy, travel opportunities, unexpected support, resources, unexpected money, some pretty wild synchronicities, and overall just a deeper connection to myself and to the universe, which has been a really beautiful connection to create. So this meditation is totally free. It's available for immediate download and I'm really happy with how this turned out. It's so good, you guys. I would love for you all to go grab it. It will be in the show notes and also in my Instagram bio at I am Kristen Lynch. Go grab it. Um, try it out. And of course, as with any meditation, the best results will come with a commitment to doing this regularly, ideally every day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I encourage you all to grab it, try it out. And if you feel that it's served you, DM me. I would love to hear from you. I would love to know your experience. Let me know how you felt after doing it. And if you feel inspired, share it. Share it to your social media, text it to your friends, Post it to your Instagram story so other people can find this too. Okay, so would love for you guys to grab that. Again, it's totally free and it will be in the show notes and my Instagram bio. All right, so moving into today's episode, as I mentioned, I had the pleasure of interviewing the beautiful Alyssa Alvarez. Alyssa is so sweet and 
so heart-centered and truly one of the most supportive people I know and I've only just recently met her. I met her in January of this year um, and I'm just really happy that I have her in my life. So in this episode, we talked about starting your business or your creative career when you're called to do it versus when you feel ready to do it and how those two states are a little bit different how to own yourself and your life story and then use those to serve what dharma is and how it guides the direction of our lives and finally how to get started with ayurveda chakras eastern medicine in general and how to use these modalities in all parts of your life so i'm really happy to be sharing Alyssa with you all i hope you guys enjoy this one thank you so much for listening Welcome back to the Goddess Talk podcast. We're here today with Alyssa Alvarez. Alyssa is a holistic life coach through whole life healing, yin yoga teacher, leader of the Detroit Divine Feminine Circle, founder of Aura Awakening, and the host of Aura Awakening Radio. I'm so excited and honored to be having this conversation today. Welcome to the show, Alyssa. Thank you. Thank you for listing all the things that I do. All the things. There's a lot of things that she does, everybody. Yeah. Also do professional makeup artistry, but that's like my my thing I did. I've been doing it for like six years. So now this is like the new era of all that I do, all the healing and all the fun, creative things. I feel like I should start asking people for a fun fact. Mm, yeah <laughs> that could be your fun fact yeah no also my my go-to fun fact is the fact that I love drag queens but that kind of coincides is why I love makeup in a way yeah so, I remember you telling me that all about That's the fun. drag life <laughs> I love that I remember you telling me that when we first met so by the way I want to mention how we met because I think it's cool and it kind of I feel like it was kind of a manifestation. So I obviously launched my podcast fairly recently. And the week that I launched it, I met like 10 different women in Detroit, like in our city that were either, either had a podcast or had a coaching business or had their own business or were yoga teachers or did something in health and wellness. And Alyssa was one of those people. And it was just, she fell out of thin air and it was kind of, it was cool because it's like when you take action towards the things you're called to, you also tend to be connected with people on a similar path. And that was totally what happened with you. And we were at a cacao ceremony. We didn't even realize it because there was a lot of people there, but it just goes to show like, it's great that sometimes your paths can cross again. And we ended up realizing we have some mutual friends and we're into the same things. So very grateful that you slid into my, uh, you know, you, you were following me and I was like, oh my God, who's this girl? I need to be her friend. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. It's like, we thought we just met, but we actually met months ago at this cacao ceremony yeah. and had all these mutual friends. So we were bound to meet again at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she's on the podcast and we're going to yes. do one for hers too. So exciting day. And it's Valentine's Day, which yes. I want to mention because we're having a little Galentine's celebration. We had brunch together this morning. We made it together, and now we're podcasting, so it's going to be a great day. Yeah, it's very nourishing. Mm-hmm. I love just sitting and being cozy and just have a nice conversation. I could talk all day. So Yeah. Yeah, we had a nice little chat about Ayurveda, and maybe we'll talk about that in the episode today. Yeah. So I always start off with a few little warm-up questions just to get the ball rolling. 
get us feeling good before we get into everything. So the first question I have for you is, what is your daily practice, if you have one? And if you don't, just tell us about some of your favorite rituals or health and wellness practices or just feel-good things that you do. Yeah. It's interesting because it's very different each day, but I'm slowly trying to get back into my regimen. I used to have a really good meditation practice, and then I started working for someone else from home for a brief time. That kind of like messed my life up because I was like, oh, I got to be here on the virtual space and do something. But now that I've kind of like had this new energy, I recently like rearranged my room and cleared some space for me to actually just sit and be. I feel like one of my rituals before I even meditate while I'm like doing my teeth brushing and all that stuff is actually dry brushing and oil pulling. Those are two Ayurvedic Mm self-care things that I'm really trying to do more. Dry brushing is really good for my kapha dosha. And then oil pulling is really good for just your mouth health in general. Mm -hmm. And I can't do it for that long. Some people can do it for like 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, girl, I can do it for like a minute or two. But (laughs) I'm able to kind of do that. Um, I like to drink water and take my vitamins. And then I'm really trying to just get on the meditation pillow, do at least 10 minutes. Um, It's pretty tough because I I can also be very airy-fairy and very vata. So I can get bored with meditation, but I think enhancing it with breath work has been really nice for me. And I recently started learning more about uh, Nadi Shoda, I think is what it's called, where it's alternate nostril breathing. Oh, yeah. And then um, the breath of fire, which is difficult at first, but I can, you know, I can't do it for that long either, but I'm glad that I'm kind of like experimenting with all these different practices. And I also really think that I have it as like MJR, meditation, reading, and journaling, to where if I read for at least like five to seven minutes, I'm getting some content into my brain. I also like to incorporate some EFT tapping into my meditation. So in that mm. 10 minutes, I can do a lot of fun love things. love EFT. Yeah. I, I'm recently getting into that too, and I love sharing it with other people. And then I love to journal. I actually created like a habit journal to keep me accountable, and I just find that the days I use it, and actually like step up because it is very daunting it's like did you do this this day mm-hmm. you know showing your gratitudes what's your daily intention and I feel like when I do actually put the energy into taking at least less than five minutes to fill it out I feel so much more gratified and it has an evening portion as well um, so I can actually reflect on the day do some evening habits and definitely yoga has been a daily ritual for me for few months now I started practicing at a few different yoga studios in Detroit that I feel really aligned and called to go to and a lot of my friends teach so it's like I gotta show up for them too and uh, getting movement first thing in the day is very good for my body my mind and once I kind of get home and settle down a little bit making some kind of yummy nutritious smoothie or a yogurt bowl or something like that and then getting into work for the day I want to mention though I do look at my phone in this process and I really want to stop doing that so if anybody has any mm. tips on how to I, I have the screen time on my iPhone where it's like my apps are locked at a certain time but I think sometimes as a person who can get anxious with technology I need to like clear my email and clear my dms before I like actually settle down so I would say that's mm. part of my ritual but we all have rituals that we don't really like that we do so that's one habit that I'm trying to let go but yeah I I love that I'm slowly but surely creating this routine because I can be kind of all over the place sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, the phone thing's tricky for a lot of people. And it was something that was tricky for me too for a while. But I just have been finding that 
when I start my day taking in information, like taking in other what other people are posting or even emails, yeah. I just find that I kind of get disconnected from me, my own guidance, my own message, my own work. And so when I thought about how much I was really getting disconnected, I was like, I can't do that. I just, I need to be so in my power and in Mm. my wisdom and guidance that I didn't want anything to disrupt that. So when I thought about it that way, I was like, okay, cutting out the phone, just doing something for me, staying in my own lane first thing in the morning. And then I kind of schedule it in when I'm going to look and take in information like okay when I make lunch I'm gonna listen to somebody else's podcast yeah or I'm gonna scroll on Instagram or connect with people on Instagram and DMs but I think everybody has to kind of find their own flow with it and find their own why for Mm -hmm. why do I not want to be with my phone right because for some people it might even be helpful it might be really inspiring to start their day and see inspiring content or motivating content online so absolutely I feel like I'm definitely someone who's prone to like monkey mind though I can go on like vendors of just stuff on YouTube or Instagram so I I am excited that kind of something like reading or journaling has kind of got me out of that but every day is different I just take it day by day yeah (laughs) amen I think that's the thing with daily practice too it's just it can be different every day it's as long as you're getting in some opportunity to nourish yourself in some way it's valuable what is the best place you've traveled to so I'm 23 and I can say I have not traveled to too many places I'm a very Michigander type person or I haven't even been to Canada I've been to like Ohio and Indiana obviously but Chicago New York and Florida and can't really say that any of those were my favorite but I, I will share that I have some kind of longing and some kind of pull towards New Zealand. So I have a feeling mm. that New Zealand is going to be like some place really special that I want to go to. I, I manifest saying that I'm going to elope my boyfriend there and we're going to just have like a wedding where we video it and I'm going to have like some rocks that I can mine. And I don't know, this is like some weird vision I have. So could be past life, could be future, who like knows. It. But okay. I definitely have intentions in this year to travel but my thing is I like to actually have work and play to where if I'm traveling I want to go and make some money or make some connections and do some abundance work while I'm relaxing yeah I so agree I love when you can make travel a part of your everyday lifestyle and you can bring in your daily practice and your work with a little bit of fun and a little mm-hmm. bit of spontaneity, but you can still maintain those roots. Yeah. And my boyfriend and I, for the first time, really experienced that the last trip we went on. We were in Miami and then Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. which is in your blood, Puerto Rican. Yes. Um, and during that trip, we just had a really good balance of like, okay, we're going to wake up, do our meditation, do our daily practice, work for a little bit, grind it out, and then go explore the city. And it was such a great blend of the two, and we yeah. still felt really productive and I mean, I literally launched my podcast when I was in Puerto Rico. So it was like I got so much done, but then also we got to really celebrate and enjoy and see a new place. So I feel you. Love that. Okay, what are three things that you love about yourself? I love that I'm funny and silly. I'm very just quirky in my own special way. I love that I'm very positive. It can be annoying to some people at some times, but I don't really care because we all need that positivity sometimes. I realized the the coach in me very much so was when my sister was kind of complaining about something to me and just, you know, needed somebody to talk to. And I was like giving her ways to like reframe and like telling her how I would go about the situation. She was like, 
bro, why can't you just tell me that just sucks? And, and like what a friend would say. And I was like, because I'm not just your friend. I'm a coach. Like I, I'm going to help you reframe this. So I think just like kind of my mindset. And then I love that I'm just very loyal and supportive and I'm just down for the cause. I'm down to help. I'm down to serve and I'm down to entertain. That's the Leo rising and moon in me is I'm just down to host and yeah. bring food and cuddle and uh, I I do love myself so I could I could name more than three but <laughs> yeah you could you could go all day yes but there's also <laughs> shadow work and there's some things that I have recognized that you know sometimes I may not be super present and I need to like focus on decision making or I was telling you earlier, have a hard time following directions, so like need to be steady with that. But I, I do think I'm a very self-aware person, so that's something that is exciting that I've gone into this place now to where I would say when I was like 18, I was an autopilot person, really wasn't self-aware. And my partner's like, how did you survive in life before you met me? I'm like, it wasn't you, it's the awakening. And that's why, or awakening is very much my brand and a lot of where my downloads have come through mm-hmm. I forgot that you're Leo rising and we have that in common mm, yeah I love that um what was I gonna say oh about being supportive and I've I haven't I've we've only known each other for a few weeks now and yeah. I've already just seen that and seen yes she's down for the cause she's willing to support anyone and you support yourself yeah like you are you show up you do yeah. the work so I've already seen that okay. in the short time that I've known you mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, last little warm-up question I have for you is what from your vision, so like looking a year into the future, six months into the future, even a decade into the future, when you look at what you want to create, what are you most excited about? I think just bringing women together is really exciting for me. And I think it's women of all age. I definitely want to work with younger women, but I think sometimes older women need healing and help and community as well to where... I'm just so excited about this divine feminine rising. My future vision really is a lot of creation, a lot of collaboration, and a lot of hmm, healing and just soul soul discovery for not only myself, but while I'm coaching and leading and helping so many people and looking to do my full 200-hour teacher training mm-hmm. this year. So that'll be exciting, especially just thinking about the year ahead and deciding how I want to teach yoga, who I want to serve and heal, and also really cultivating my online coaching business, even in person, if people Mm -hmm. feel called to do that. And like my routine, I'm trying to be more consistent, just doing the work myself, walking the walk, talking the talk, and trying to show up as my authentic self and you know, I don't have to worry about the community because there's so many of us out there to where it's like the more I put out my vibes, the more I attract my tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I love about being in this work is the better that we do, the more we take care of ourselves, the more we allow others to follow us, and the more we set the example and give others permission to do that too. So it's really beautiful to be a part of, of work that allows everyone to grow collectively rather than like for one person to succeed, others have to fail. Or for one yeah. person to thrive, others have to suffer. Yeah. I really like that there's such a collaborative nature inherently to health, wellness, coaching, spirituality. It's really beautiful. Okay, so I want to hear a little bit more about you from you. Yeah. So just tell us what 
what you're all about, what you're into, what your work consists of, and just more about your story, how you got to where you are today, and kind of how Aura Awakening was born. Yeah, so even just the warm-up questions really gave a lot of precursors for a lot of the things that make my journey very unique to me. I think being a picky eater really made me not only have a poor relationship with food, but a poor relationship with my body being a little bit more curvy. I remember a very distinct memory when I was about seven. Um, I lived across the street from a big park and there was a football team that practiced there and they had a cheerleading squad. I rode my little bike over there and I was like, hey, you know, what does it take to be a cheerleader? Like, that looks fun. Again, why acro yoga kind of scares me a little bit because it's kind of like cheerleading. But they were like, and and this could be, our, our mind actually fabricates a lot of stuff, but my mom remembers this. So I'm like, yeah, it really happened. But they literally told me, they're like, girl, you're too fat to be a cheerleader. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's fine. Oh, okay. So I left and I was like, hey mom, like they just told me this. So can I do like dance classes or something? Like, I just, I don't know. I want to prove them wrong. Always wanted to prove people wrong. And that there can be some shadow sides to that. But she put me in hip hop dance classes which I didn't last very long in that. I actually have like a little picture of me as like a little do-rag, seven-year-old oh me, like in like the, the gangsta outfit. But Oh my God. I'll, but, need, I'll need to see a copy of that yeah, at some point. It's, it's in the archives on my Instagram now. It used to be okay. my first picture ever. And the caption was, nice do-rag. But it just goes to show I've always had this little spirit of like, I'm going to do this on my own. I've always been in this entrepreneurial spirit. I was telling you – I've done makeup for such a long time, professionally for about six years, but I've been doing it since I was 16 at my mom's house. I would have my friends give me a little bit of money and I would spend that money to get more makeup for my kit and something like makeup being creative with that always came naturally to me um, when I got my glasses off. So I think being someone who is kind of an outcast for not only my weight, but maybe having glasses or being a little more quirky, it kind of made me either choose to love that and be authentic with it or stifle it. And there was a moment in my youth where I kind of stifled it, fell into the grind and fell in line with the people who drank and had hookups and all these things that were not aligned with the type of lifestyle I live now. And I think the path of me going to beauty school, kind of adopting that ritualistic thing of being an esthetician with self-care with creativity kind of led me into, okay, well, I'm talking to these makeup clients. I'm talking to these facial clients, giving them advice about their lives. I'm kind of a natural at this. Mm -hmm. Always within me, I've always thought coaching could be an option, especially because I hired coaches before I started coaching. I think it's very important to do that if you're interested in coaching possibly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think with my spirituality, infused in everything really was a catalyst for all this stuff because I wasn't necessarily religious growing up always had more of a connection to the universe than God but always knew there's something higher now getting into yoga and Ayurveda it's all been attractive to me but now it's like diving deep into it and really practicing some of the sacred practices and I have a really good friend her name's Jess she has been a very good mentor and catalyst for all these things took me to my first metaphysical crystal shop started getting me into yoga and meditation and she's actually the one to tell me about Ayurveda and craziest thing is the day she told me about that the following day I went to my mom's house and she's like oh hey my neighbor gave me this goddess provisions box she said she doesn't want some things in it 
and Sahara Rose's Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda was in there. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Someone just told me about this concept like two days ago. Okay. So I just dove into that book. And once I started reading about the Kapha Dosha, which is kind of like someone who's a little bit more curvy, they're resistant to change. They are basically a real life panda and (laughs) they love love junk food. And I was like, whoa, this is describing me. What? It's not my parents' fault. It's not my fault. I'm not just lazy. But it's interesting because my friend was telling me about Ayurveda and she's like, oh, we're so Pitta because we're always going for our goals. We're always wanting to do more. And then the more I read about Pitta, I was like, well, I could see a little bit of this in me. And then the more I read about Vata, which is all about creativity, kind of more airy and all over the place, but also very just, uh, you know, we like our yoga, we like to flow and dance. I was like, oh, well, that makes sense with me too. And the cool thing is, is we're comprised of all three. Some are just more balanced than others. So whenever I have mucus issues or I'm feeling very sluggish, I know I'm having a kapha imbalance and that I need to do more vata things or more pitta things. And maybe if I'm a little too airy-fairy and a little bit too disorganized, I need to ground and actually be more kapha and then also be in my pitta and create that structure and that checklist. Mm -hmm. So it's like been a really great thing for me to learn about, not only with nutrition and trying new things to eat, but to infuse that in my yoga practice and with my spirituality there's different ways that are better for self-care for kaphas pittas and batas and there's so much that goes into it to where I really do see myself continuing my education with my coaching getting into Mm -hmm. nutrition more holistic stuff so it's really great to have online to share all these downloads Mm -hmm. and I'm like using my arms exasperatedly right now because it gets me so excited thinking about being an online creator because I was into makeup. I made YouTube tutorials for eyeshadow looks or whatever. So I had the techie stuff down because I've always been a computer kid. Being a kapha, I wasn't outside running around too much. I mean, in the summertime maybe, but mainly I was coding on MySpace and doing stuff on Tumblr. And for some reason, that kind of stuck with me. So I'm glad that I'm able to kind of take my tech-savvy nature. And that's why I was like, well, I already know how to record like voice stuff I could just start a podcast and then I could create a brand and then I could be a coach and work for myself like all these things about creating your life were presented to me Mm -hmm. and I'm very lucky to have a partner who's very supportive with being like yeah go for it babe like do your do your dreams do your dharma he's never said that to me but I that's what I know know. subconsciously that's what he's getting at exactly (laughs) and I think just all these struggles that I've been through it's my life purpose not only share them but to help others early in life to find the ways that they can change it, knowing that they have the power to change it. And I'm just so grateful that something like Aura Awakening, the name came to me through meditation of just thinking of me as a soul, just exploding with so much excitement with all the knowledge I've been able to gain and share and all the love I'm able to create, not only with myself, but to give to others. Um, Yeah, Aura Awakening just kind of developed because I – really wanted to share stuff and I didn't really know how to do it besides sharing online and I really had no idea what it was going to turn into at first which is okay I think it's one of my biggest messages is to just start somewhere and just start Mm -hmm. whenever you feel called and I created an Instagram started you know with a photo shoot I love taking photos and conceptualizing and then I started my podcast about a year ago 
And at first I was doing just solo episodes, talking about some things that were on my mind. And then I really wanted to talk to more people like me in Metro Detroit. It kind of happened accidentally that I was interviewing all people from the area. But I started just interviewing this archetype of someone who's a conscious creative or an entrepreneur or someone in the yoga space or health and wellness. I've even interviewed a few musicians on there to where I love hearing their stories and being able to relate, but no story will be like my story. So that's why, you know, when there's comparison that comes through or the fear mindset, I just have to remind myself, I am me and that's all I can ever be. And I'm very grateful to be me. Mm-hmm. And maybe me six years ago wasn't so confident, but I think I've always had this nature, even that seven-year-old me being told I was too fat to do something. I've always been like, yeah, but you're wrong. I'm going to do this my way. I'm going to write my own story. No one gets to bully me and to tell me that I'm not worthy. And I don't know, solar plexus was shining back then. I, I can't believe that I was strong enough to, you know, not crumble from that. I think it's powerful. It is. I think when people, you know, struggle with their weight and have this body image thing, especially with food, it's very tough because we can fall into so many poor habits and eventually create a disease within our minds and our bodies. And I'm just very grateful that I've had a lot of supportive nature within my life, my family, and even friends growing up. It's like, we love food to where even though I wasn't eating healthy food, I still necessarily wasn't embarrassed to eat in front of people I just had a hard time choosing foods and being intuitive with it so now that I'm able to tap into my intuition a little bit better and know what foods are best for me especially learning more about Ayurveda it's been a really nice year getting into that and getting over my fear of cooking and all the things that were holding me back were all my own shit (laughs) well first of all thank you so much for sharing and for walking us through that process and something that really stood out to me was how you you've really been able to start without necessarily having everything along the way figured out like you know the first step and you take it and then you get clarity as you've taken steps as you've taken the first step universe or your higher self has shown you the rest of the way and I want everybody who's listening to really take that in because I think so often we're held back because we don't know every step along the way and that makes us fear taking any action because we think we're going to get stuck Mm -hmm. but actually once you start putting energy and action and intention into what you want to create clarity is then revealed to you and your story is such a beautiful example of that happening it just takes a little idea and then things can build from there and they can evolve as you evolve absolutely yeah I've pivoted a lot and I think even something with like coaching we're always told, oh, you need to have some kind of niche. You need to just serve one type of person. But I'm feeling called to serve a lot of different archetypes. And I think these archetypes are just all someone within me, struggles that I've experienced, journeys that I've crossed. And I'm just happy that self-growth has been kind of the overall message for this. But if I break down the pillars of what Aura Awakening is, it's very much about movement, community, and self-discovery. Yeah. I actually want to talk to you about Dharma. I think this is a perfect opportunity to open that door. Um, So I think it's interesting, too, whenever I ask people to share their story or how they started doing what they're doing today, almost always they go back to a really earlier memory, just like you did, Mm -hmm. maybe in their teens or even their childhood. Or if they're a little bit older, it might be something in their 20s that they go back to. But it's interesting how it's almost like 
looking back, so many different things in our lives have actually led us to the work that we're doing. And I think that when people are trying to figure out what their dharma is or what their purpose is or what their calling is, it's helpful for them to go back and to look at what every experience in their life, what every chapter of their life has led them to and how they've strengthened themselves through different ups and downs throughout the course of their life. So I'm wondering if you can first explain to us what dharma is. Is it the same thing as our calling, our life purpose? Is it a little bit different? And then how might we go about finding figuring out what our dharma is if maybe we're feeling a little bit lost or we're not sure. Yeah. Dharma translates to life purpose or soul's purpose. And I actually learned this pretty recently, but there's something called swadharma and paradharma. And swadharma, I believe, is you, like your inherent nature. And then paradharma is not your inherent nature. So my inherent nature is to serve. But I also believe a byproduct of serving is to heal And before I stepped into entrepreneurship, I was always a hostess, receptionist, guest services, makeup salesperson, whatever that looks like. I was always someone to like help someone and make sure that they had clarity and knew what they needed and had that warm and welcomeness. But now transmuting that into coaching, it's whatever came naturally to me. And when the concept of coaching came about and then I saw my Yin Yoga mentor Bethany Perry was releasing Whole Life Healing, which is a course focused on neuroscience, nutrition, yoga, mindfulness, and intuition. I was like, sign me up because all that stuff is like what I need to learn about. And the thing about Dharma and if you're feeling lost, it's like, well, understanding what the feeling is of feeling lit up. Because I feel lit up when I give someone advice or make someone feel better about themselves whether it's using cosmetics to do that or using the power of breath work and meditation whatever that looks like for them or even just talking to them sometimes people just need somebody to talk to and I love to talk so it's a great fit and I just I love giving advice and I think that making your mess your message and using the things you've gone through to appeal to others within marketing yourself as a coach has been helpful to be able to live out my dharma and I think that's another reason why I wanted to create my event the Detroit Divine Feminine Circle because I really loved going to women's circles but I knew that I wanted more out of them and I knew I wanted to make them different each time and I wanted to like I'm not controlling but I wanted to like control what's going on so I was like well let's just make my own event and I was talking at the end of a dance party and I was telling these ladies about Um, rose gold goddesses which is like a virtual platform that people can connect on and I've met a few people on there and they're wanting someone to create a circle in Detroit and I was like yeah you know I'd love to do that I've always been this is part of my dharma is like stepping up as a leader and just saying I'll go first or I'll do it I I don't I don't know but I was like oh I need a space and I don't really know where to do it and Marina of Zupac Life hears me and she's like hey I got a space then boil up hit me up, let me know. And I'm like, okay, cool. And we've had five events there now so far. So it just takes like putting stuff out into the universe too, but you really have to be clear about what your dharma is. And I think that the thing about dharma is sometimes it's painful stuff that can come up, especially in this life with everything around my weight and food. I really feel called to help women with that as well. But right now, I'm kind of in the paradigm of helping people with their entrepreneurship because I am so passionate about people 
quitting their jobs and doing what they love because I wasn't fully expressing all of the stuff I'm capable of working for other people. I was helping build their dreams, which I kind of felt upset about sometimes. So I was like, well, I got dreams too. And like that opportunity I had that I mentioned that kind of messed up all of my rituals, I knew helping someone else with their dharma wasn't for me. And I had to step in and do my own thing. And she was very supportive of it. And now it's like, hey, girl, how's your coaching biz going? I'm so proud of you. So it just makes me excited that there will be so many people in your corner as long as you believe in yourself and your dharma. Mm-hmm. Don't let anybody tell you it's different. Mm-hmm. What you said about serve and serving is what I believe and what I've seen being the pivotal component of dharma and of purpose. It's like, how can I utilize everything I've been through, all of the gifts and the skills that I have and serve? Yeah. And as you serve, like you said, you feel so good. You feel so lit up because you can see the impact that you're making right before your eyes, whether you're yeah. touching one person yeah. in a really significant way or you're touching hundreds of people, maybe in a lighter, looser way. Yeah. And yeah, that's where I would, that's where I would encourage people to start is how can you serve? And if that's your question, the universe will like bend backwards in your favor to help make that happen because the universe wants you to serve. Yeah. And I think, too, you brought up um, back to the concept of taking one step forward to to reveal the rest of the plan. I think as well, if you can be willing to surrender and trust and know that you will always be fully supported in your dharma when you've stepped into your dharma, things will work out. If you can Mm -hmm. kind of take your hands off the wheel and yeah. let go of control yeah. and make impact the focus, things will work out and you will always be supported beyond what you can even comprehend. Totally. Because just doing it for the money isn't going to create purpose or create anything. Um, I see currency as a very fluent thing and that's why I am down to serve, down to volunteer and just down to help other people with their dharma in a way that I can do sustainability sustainably to like not take away from my work like we can all pitch in together and I think that's why I love yoga so much is because we can all you know heal each other and have fun together without taking away from our energy too much and I love to get into Reiki and some more energy healing methods as well because energy is real and I'm just so excited to give all my energy to everybody and still Mm -hmm. keep mine though Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah okay so speaking of all those modalities, Reiki, energy, other forms of healing. Let's talk more about Ayurveda because I'm wondering, I think Ayurveda is typically thought of as something that's uh, involved in health and wellness, but I'm curious as well, do you bring Ayurveda into your lifestyle and into your work and how can it support us with our work in as well as with our health and our wellness? How can it yeah. just support our entire well-being? Yeah, I think I honestly relate it a lot to the goddess archetypes because they kind of coincide. Um, anyone who wants to learn more about Ayurveda, seek out Sahara Rose or Samantha Mee of Metro Detroit because they, they know what's up. They've done the trainings. I just, I've learned a little bit about it and it makes me so happy that I can relate certain things to, okay, I need to be having more Kapha energy here, more Vata energy here, more Pitta energy over here. And relating it to the sacred archetypes, 
Saraswati is definitely more vata. So whenever I need to be more creative, I kind of think about channeling her and releasing, especially when I'm dancing or creating with makeup artistry. Lakshmi is definitely more kapha vibes when I'm just relaxing, being abundant, self-pleasure, and just enjoying pleasure. And whenever I need to be in that pitta energy, calling on Durga and embodying that. I think anything with the practice of Ayurveda or channeling sacred archetypes is embodying it. How can you embody all these different energies? And Parvati is someone who kind of like is on her own journey and wants to just do it by herself and is instilled with her own practice. And I think I need to channel that sometimes too. So I think just wherever you feel called to learn more about the things of the East, basically, it's like whatever calls to you, study it and embody it and learn it. And I'm so glad that I've been able to learn a little bit about these things, definitely through Sahara Rose's work. um, But it's then taking it into your own hands, having your own discernment and finding a way to do so. And the first three circles I led were um, around sacred archetypes. The last one was about Yamaya. She's a goddess of flow and water. So that was really cool. Um, We had like salad and then we did like a flowy dance. I don't know. But now Mm -hmm. I'm uh, getting more into the chakras. And I think chakras are also something you can kind of embody and know when you're having an imbalance with your chakras. Chakras are very much a portal of okay, well, I I feel like I'm not speaking my truth, work on the throat. I feel like I'm not really getting into my intuition, work on the third eye. I feel like I'm not really being a humility. I'm not having humility energy or I'm not feeling like, you know, I'm able to be my authentic self, work on the crown. And I've been told my crown is very vibrating every time I get Reiki. So it's nice that I have kind of uh, a good flow with my upper chakras, but the lower ones are definitely a little bit more difficult. And it even is expressed with digestion issues and, you know, sexual trauma. And I think that even working with crystals, there's so many fun ways you can make this happen. Where if you think of it as a fun thing and healing is fun and approachable um, and it's not intimidating or expensive or anything, if you just open yourself to it and explore wherever you feel called, it all kind of coincides to where Ayurveda can be very indicative to crystals or the sacred archetypes, or chakras, or whatever that looks like. So it's finding whatever your preferred method is of healing Mm -hmm. and doing it. And am I an Ayurvedic person every day? No, but I do know when to pull in some things. And last night, my nose was feeling a little clogged. And I was like, oh, grab my Nasia oil and put some oil in my nose. Or, you know, if my jaw is tensing up, put some ear oil in there. And it can help TMJ to where kind of educating yourself about the little things can reflect upon your self-care or your actual habits around your eating and breath work. It's it's everything. And that's why it's the science of life. Yes, it's the sister science of yoga, but it's the science of life. And I really hope that more people can be exposed to it like I was because it's more about preventative instead of fixing the band-aid, like mm-hmm. how it is over here. And obviously, um, you know, traditional medicine does have its place, but I love learning about herbs and all different potions and uh, that's another thing that gets me juiced up. It's just like all the different ways we can heal and have fun creating that healing. Yeah. So for people that don't know much about Ayurveda, where do they start? Do they just start by taking a, like there's like a quiz online that you can take to find your dosha, right? Yeah. Definitely start with a quiz. 
I'm going to plug Sahara Rose again because she's she's my favorite Ayurvedic modern person. Um, she's someone who talks about past lives as well. And she, you know, this is part of her dharma. And she's a very inspiring mentor for me. Uh, I, I actually was able to work for her for a little bit. Definitely, you know, just start there. I think her book, Idiot's Guide, obviously it's for idiots. You know, it's one of those things. So it's like very approachable. I was able to get through it in like a week and... I think just immersing yourself or getting an Ayurvedic consultation. Um, Santo Santo in Detroit soon is going to be able to offer those. Um, Samantha Mee is an Ayurvedic counselor and she does Ayurvedic massage and acupuncture to where it's like find your healer in your area and their brain and really also like be honest with yourself because I could have not been honest with myself and be like, oh, I'm not a kapha. That's like the worst dosha, but I was like, no, this is me. Thank goodness for some validating all this shit that I thought was wrong with me. And it's not wrong with me. Goes back to owning yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So people, so start with taking a quiz and then you can kind of plug and play. Where do you feel like you're out of balance and look for Ayurvedic tips to bring yourself back into balance. And then what about the chakras? So Mm -hmm. for people that don't know a lot about the chakras, um, but maybe you're feeling drawn to it or um, just kind of have this maybe intuition that there's something going on with the chakras, they're not opened or they're not fully aligned or balanced. What's a good place for them to start b- balancing, opening, healing, cleansing yeah. chakra blocks Yeah. Uh, that maybe they could do on their own too without necessarily needing to look outside themselves? Yeah. I think in a way kind of, going through a meditation and even touching the chakras, it's very intuitive. You would know if you are feeling not safe and not secure. You would know if you can't receive pleasure and you're not feeling creative or abundant. You would know if your willpower and your confidence is lacking. You would know if your heart and your unconditional love just isn't there. You would know if you can't speak up for yourself. You would know if your intuitive nature just isn't there. And you would know if your ego is a little out of sorts. It's very obvious, but when we don't know about these energy centers, and there's like a lot more than just these seven, but when we're not aware, it's tough to give, oh, well, this is out of balance. You know, it's like we, we're not able to identify the problem and then, okay, well, maybe for throat chakra, I need to eat more blue stuff and like mm-hmm. start to just do more things with blue. And I think that's why I love centering my events currently around the chakras is because just exploring the different themes, having everybody discuss and talk about it, and then doing things to embody the themes. So for the sacral one coming up, we're going to do a sacral embodiment movement flow, which is a lot of hip shaking and twerking, but Ooh, it's twerking. Fun. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to leave the twerking. My friend yeah. who's a booty yoga instructor is going to do that, but wow. it's Who nice knew healing your chakras could be so fun and involve twerking? Yes. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. When you own your body and you're so comfortable in yourself – that is such a great way to release and to feel safe to shake your ass and get that movement flowing in those chakras because that shit cannot stay stagnant. Because when you're stagnant in it, it it's very tough to get out of that hole. So it's like identifying and checking in with yourself. I think Reiki is something that is a good thing if they want to look towards other like guidance. I think Reiki is a really great way to understand what chakras are more balanced and just ask your Reiki practitioner after the session, they will tell you most likely. So Mm -hmm. it's exciting to know that 
with that and just kind of like maybe doing an intuitive chakra meditation. I should create one. Thank you for giving me inspiration to do mm-hmm. so. But that'd be amazing. Yeah. So where it's it's uh learning about them and then just kind of like knowing yourself to identify them is helpful. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I think that we should have a dance party before we do. We're going to record an episode for her podcast too. And I think we should definitely do a, have a dance party here before we transition into that. So we'll keep that in mind. And then secondly, yeah, I just want to say, I think it's, I feel like everything we've talked about today has returned to this idea of coming back to yourself, being really deeply present with yourself, cultivating a sense of a high level of self-awareness so that you can access your intuition, so that you can receive the guidance to what is my dharma or my purpose. You can receive the guidance of, okay, if I tune into my energy system, where do I feel out of alignment and how can I, what am I called to in terms of bringing myself back into balance? It really does all stem from getting slow and still enough to create space so you can cultivate a sense of awareness and a deeper relationship with yourself. Yeah, I think the secret sauce to just knowing yourself is finding the things that you do when nobody's watching and nobody's around and mm-hmm. honoring that. And also, like, like I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I self-sabotage. I do things and I, I lie to myself sometimes. And I think that self-awareness of, yeah, I have some not so great things, but I also have some really great things and I could talk about the things I love about myself. Um, something really important I learned throughout this path is in our culture, people are like, oh, but you're so full of yourself. And it's like, what else would I be full of? Like, mm-hmm. you've got to be sure of yourself. And I think that's why our society sometimes has a hard time with a lot of things is because we're not safe in feeling ourselves. Mm-hmm. And well, you got to feel yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm getting more into that power, more into who I am. And even when no one's watching, I'm still the same. And I'm really glad that I can say that what I described earlier about me and my higher self, having that relationship with kind of like the future you, the past you. And I've done a lot of work with my past self, that little girl who was told she was too fat to do something. I've helped her and I told her it's okay. And honestly, they were just jealous. They even asked to like join, like who does that? And just like, Hey guys, can I join? It's fun. Like that's an, a, a courageous thing to do. And I think just that courageousness has always been within my soul. So I'm really happy that, I've like accepted it. Self-acceptance is really part of the process too. And I could have steered away from that. And I could have said, oh no, doing makeup isn't like a job or, oh, who am I to be a coach? It's like, who the fuck am I to not be a coach? Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I need to do. I have people that need help and I know that I can help them. So it's Mm -hmm. like feeling worthy is very much about knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. A woman. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. I'm gonna start saying that yes. now. Um, okay, so I always end with just asking, um, thinking back to some kind of a transformation that you've had in your life. So yeah. maybe it is back to the little girl who was trying to talk to the cheerleaders, or maybe it's before you started your business or your podcast um or at any other point just any transformation that you've had throughout your life what is something that you wish you had known at the beginning of that process that would have made everything easier for you or would have just supported you at that time that might be able to support people listening who might be in a similar place to your point a 
yeah. right now. I think just like emotional reactivity is a huge one for me. I used to have pretty bad panic attacks where it's like when your nervous system is like, it's like the bad version of Breath of Fire where you just can't breathe and you're like, mm-hmm. it's like that scary crying nature that would happen to me a lot when I did something wrong at my job or someone would yell at me or, you know, something just didn't go right or I made a mistake or you know, car accident, whatever that looks like. Parts of me that I was in danger, my fight or flight was triggered. I found that just the more I have this self-awareness and the more I tune in, I'm able to just be more calm when stuff rocks my boat. And I think tuning back into the breath is always a big part of everything. Um, It's free, which is amazing. You just breathe. It reminds you that you're alive. But I think just with yoga and everything that goes on, it's like, tuning back into that, if I could go back into those past traumas and just breathe deeper, I I wish I could because it causes a lot of pain when you're stifling that to where even letting it out and screaming if I was available to do that at that time and express instead of stifle. I think when we're in that panic crying mode, it's like we're stifling something you really just want to be like aggravated about. And, you know, yes, I'm all sunshine, unicorns, and rainbows, but it's not always like that to where it's like finding the way that you can pull yourself back into the wave of stillness and breath and trusting more in myself and the decisions that I make is huge. And uh, we don't trust in ourselves and we question things and, you know, it can be be tough to know yourself at that point. So definitely breathing and trusting yeah and almost like that self-soothing and being calling on your higher self to ground you and relax you and bring you back to the present rather than being in your head yeah it's really powerful thank you okay well this has been such an amazing conversation i'm so happy i got to have you on can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Tell us about your uh, divine feminine circle in yeah. Detroit and all the things. Yeah. So if you go to orawakening.com, that's where you can find a lot of the things. My personal Instagram is awakening.alyssa. If you want to check out Aura Awakening Instagram, it's just Aura Awakening. That's kind of more like the podcast event community side of things. Um, my personal Instagram more is like, coaching, inspo, fun pics of me from photo shoots, but the next Detroit Divine Feminine Circle will be, there's two coming up, March 22nd at Zupac Life in Royal Oak. It's going to be the Solar Plexus series, and then we've got my first eight limbs of yoga one going on at Yoga Shelter in Gross Point. That's going to be March 28th. Um, the one at Zupac Life does include food. That one's 25 bucks, and the one at yoga shelter goes point that one just has some tea and we're going to dive deeper into the yamas and learning about the eight limbs of yoga starting off with the yamas and yeah or awakening radio is also on spotify itunes Castbox, all the things and you'll have to check out Kristen's episode it comes out in about a month but you guys will find it mm-hmm. yes okay well amazing everybody go follow Alyssa all the things. And if you're in this area in Detroit, then I would encourage you to come to one of her events. Maybe I'll be there at one of the upcoming events so we can all connect and hang out. And yeah, thanks again so much for being here.
being so amazing. I'm so glad to have you in my life for the for the last few weeks and yeah. into the future. I'm really excited. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Goddess Talk podcast. If you like these episodes, don't forget to give me a five-star rating and review on the app. Until next time, you can connect with me at goddessbrandco.com or on Instagram at I am Kristen Lynch. Sending you all so much love and I'll see you on the next episode.